What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew. Welcome! And first, let's start off by shouting out everybody that's been DMing us and emailing us about uh, Gia and I trying to have another baby. Yes. Now, this has been different than all the other babies for some reason. Um, Usually it's one, two, three. And this one has been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> It's been a little longer. Now, if you just join us and don't know what we're talking about, you want to explain a little bit what we've been going through? Yes. Well, we've been trying to have baby number six for, I don't know, I guess maybe in the ballpark of eight, nine, ten months or so. Mm -hmm. And we haven't been successful. So we've had a lot of discussions and we decided that we were going to go through fertility treatments. Right. And it's been... It's been a process. It hasn't been very easy. And we just got our pregnancy test results back mm-hmm. from last from last week. If you listen to last week's podcast, you know that we're pretty much sitting and waiting on pregnancy test results. And the test came back and I'm just going to throw it out there early so that you know you don't have to wait. They were negative. Correct. So we are not pregnant. So now we have to decide what the next step is going to be. We did an IUI treatment, which is intrauterine insemination. And if you didn't hear the podcast last week, I'll just give you a brief synopsis. Basically, Rashawn gave a sperm sample mm-hmm. and they inseminated me with that sperm sample. And there was only a 10% chance of success. Correct using that process. Basically what that process did is it tips the odds in our favor. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you hear 10%, it doesn't sound very promising, but you know, when we as women get pregnant naturally, mm-hmm. it's even less than that. You don't really have a very high percentage of getting pregnant if you are having sex when you're ovulating. So all of us women that have achieved pregnancy in the past, you know, we have to consider ourselves very lucky. So with a 10% success rate, it didn't work right this time. So we have the option of doing IUI once again, mm-hmm. or we can move on to a more invasive treatment called IVF or in vitro fertilization. Correct. And we've been running around the past week like chickens without heads. So we barely had the opportunity to sit down and have a conversation mm-hmm. to decide how we want to move forward. Right. So I guess we should have that conversation. Okay. Right now. Well, before we, we have that conversation, and this is what I was thinking, you know, we fall heavy on, on God and, and what we believe God wants us to do. And, you know, God doing things for reasons. Did it ever cross your mind that, you know, maybe God didn't want us to have another child. And the reason I say that is, you know, we're heavy into, you know, if we try to buy a house, we can't get it. We'd be like, well, that's just what God wants right maybe now. Maybe it wasn't meant to be. Correct. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that maybe having God want us to have five babies? You know, it's funny that you're bringing that. I'm surprised you haven't brought that up to me in any private conversations. And it's strange, I guess, that I haven't brought that up to you because that has crossed my mind mm-hmm. but I guess I haven't really allowed myself mm-hmm. to entertain that idea because 
we've wanted to have this sick child so badly. Right. And maybe subconsciously, I didn't want to have any negative thoughts surrounding that idea. Right. But there have been a few times where I thought, well, one, well, maybe it's just not meant to happen because it's not happening naturally, mm-hmm. like the other five. Um, and more, more adversely, I guess I can say that I considered the idea that, how do you put it? If we have to make something happen, mm-hmm. And it's not happening naturally. I guess it raised the question, are we going against God or God's plan? Correct. You know, are you forcing something that he doesn't have intended for you? Right. So is it a good thing? But as soon as that thought came into my mind, I kind of shoot it away Mm -hmm. in a sense, because you don't really hear people pose that question right when it comes to IVF or fertility treatments things of that nature but then you know when you think about it now think about it mm-hmm. i think i have a good it just occurred to me let's say that you wind up having cancer okay and I don't know why you throw cancer on me, but go ahead. I'm sorry. It's just the first thing that popped into my mind. Let's say we right. find out that you have cancer. You go to a doctor. You seek treatment for it. You do everything that you can to fight that cancer. You get chemo. Some people start eating organic foods. You go through all types of health treatments to protect yourself against that disease and to try to survive to remain alive to to keep ticking all right right mm-hmm. is there anything wrong with that no no not at all so, i don't think so so you have a health issue or mm-hmm. you have a health problem or something that's standing in your way and you seek medical help to get over that hurdle mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that true i agree with that so what do you think I don't I don't know. You know, I, because I, what's happening, there's some type of issue that's preventing us from getting pregnant or getting pregnant in a reasonable time frame for us. Right. Um, I would say that I don't know if saying that it's a health issue is the right terminology, mm-hmm. but there's something. So would seeking medical help to get over that hurdle be going against God's plan. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. But think about it, given the analogy that I just posed. Uh, given an analogy that you just posed, no, if you look at it like that. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that if we have a health problem or something that can be fixed medically, that God just expects us to succumb to it. I don't know, but, you know, like, even pulling the egg out and pulling the sperm out and, you know, fertilizing it in a cup and then putting it back inside of you. It's a Petri dish, not cup. Same difference. <laughs> but Same difference. I mean, that just seems a little weird. And what what is it called? What's that? When they take your egg and take the sperm. That's in vitro. In vitro. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that, that bothers with me in vitro is if you look at people who had kids through in vitro, 
their heads are usually big. Rashawn. <sighs> no, I'm serious. It's, 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 their heads are a little bigger than most kids' big it's heads. It's crazy that you asked the doctor that. Like, in real right. life. I'm like, supposed you, to ask the doctor actually... <laughs> any concerns or problems that I had or questions. And a that, lot of times when I you see people who had in vitro, sometimes the, the baby's heads look a little bigger. Um, but you've seen children with large heads that aren't the result of in vitro fertilization as well. So I think that you're maybe just assigning something that you've noticed and making the process through which they got pregnant the problem. Yeah, that that could be true, but... Kind of like you're looking for a problem. I'm not looking for a problem, but I, I can notice that... You're, heads, okay, so you're noticing a problem? No, I'm noticing a situation. Which I think is really just a coincidence. Okay, I don't, I don't know about that. And when we asked the doctor, he said that there's... To his knowledge, there's no known correlation between children with, um, I don't know, I guess any type of um, big heads, abnormal physical traits <laughs> and in vitro or right. IUI. Right. I, I don't know. But anyway, so what? what's what's the next process? What's the next thing? What do you suggest? What do you think? Well... The idea of in vitro scares me Mm -hmm. a little bit. And the reason is because it is a more invasive procedure, Mm -hmm. which requires me to undergo anesthesia. Right. And, um, well, let me explain that a little bit. So for those of you that aren't too familiar, and a lot of you are, I'm sure, because you probably have friends or family members or something, or, you know, you just through happenstance, know a little bit about um, the process. But in vitro basically means fertilizing outside of the body. Mm -hmm. So I would have to go through an egg retrieval. Um, I would have to give myself shots in the stomach, Mm -hmm. a series of shots in the stomach that would cause me to produce a multiple amount of eggs. Correct. Um, They would go in and remove those eggs. Mm Mm-hmm. Rashawn would give a sperm sample and they would fertilize those eggs outside of my body. Right. Once they're fertilized, they would, for lack of a better term, check those embryos. They would check the fertilized eggs Mm -hmm. and make sure that there are no chromosomal issues. Correct. So they want to make sure that the proposed baby would have no birth defects or Mm -hmm. any problems. Gotcha. And they do that for an extra fee that doesn't just come along with, um, you know, the payment for the, for the, for the procedure. So that's an option right. to check. So we would check and then they would take that fertilized egg and implant it back into my body. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of undergoing anesthesia scares me because if you follow the podcast, you know that my mother has dementia. Right. And my mother's dementia was brought on after her having a, a small car accident uh-huh. and having to have a minor surgery on her arm. And it was nothing that was imminent. She had the surgery maybe three or four months after her accident. But after the surgery, about three weeks later, she started having memory loss, significant memory loss. And that memory loss 
was catapulted into full-blown dementia. Right. And it was a result of her brain's interaction with the anesthesia. I think the term is um, post-surgical memory disorder. Mm -hmm. And she's never recovered from it. Correct. It's the type of disease that just um, manifests over time and it gets worse over time. So now she's living a small fraction of what her life is supposed to be at this age. Mm -hmm. And had she not had that surgery, had she not undergone anesthesia, that wouldn't be her life right now. But there was no way to know that that was going to be the result of that surgery, Mm -hmm. which was optional. Right. Um, And the saddest part about it is that she has no idea that she has dementia. And when I think about the idea that maybe it's hereditary, Mm -hmm. maybe if I ever have a surgery and, you know, anesthesia is administered, the idea that it can interact with my brain and I can wake up and be clueless. You know, it's like if you break your leg, for instance, it's painful. Mm -hmm. You have to go through rehabilitation. You have to go through physical therapy. Mm -hmm. And it's a dreadful, painstaking process. But you know what's going on. You're fully aware. The idea of not knowing that you have a problem scares the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like waking up every day and just being thoroughly unaware of what's going on. You know, my mom can have a fantastic day, an exciting day where we do things and it's fun filled and we're laughing and whatnot. And for her, you know, the next day, well, well, truthfully, every five minutes, she has no idea what happened the prior five minutes, the prior day. There's just no recollection whatsoever. And that's what scares me. If it was just a matter of going through pain or uncomfortability or rehabilitation or of my body or something, I'd be like, yeah, you know, that's something that's worth doing if it's going to result in a baby Mm -hmm. that we want. And at this point, desperately. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But the idea that there's just, it's just a huge question mark about you know the rest of my life and the idea that you know I'd have to be taken care of and whatnot and I don't know that it's hereditary so before we have before we have to make a decision I'd like to see a neurologist Mm -hmm. and um, get the answers to those questions right and once we do that I'd be in a position better suited to decide if we should go through with in vitro, how do you feel about going through interuterine insemination once more? Um, I think we need to find out, you know, where the the problems lie. And the reason I say that is, I feel like we don't necessarily know when you ovulate. You know, last month the doctor said yes, come on a Friday and we'll check when you're ovulating. We came on a Friday, he said you're not ovulating. He said come in two more days. And you should be ovulating by then unless check. Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then you ovulated on Saturday. So we missed that boat because we were waiting for ovulation and it didn't happen. Well, it did happen, but they weren't able to pinpoint it beforehand. That's crazy to me. 
<laughs> that's crazy. I mean, that's, I guess that's how it works. We went in on the Friday. Um, I had an ultrasound. They did my blood test. Based on that, they weren't expecting me to ovulate the following day. I went in on the following Sunday, which was two days later for the same blood test and ultrasound. And it was like, wow, based on your blood test, your progesterone levels are raised. That means that you already ovulated. Mm -hmm. But now if I went in on Friday and I hadn't ovulated, that meant that I ovulated on that Saturday. Correct. Which was a little strange. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not that they can't tell when I'm ovulating. I think your concern is that the process doesn't necessarily guarantee for them to know before I'm ovulating and it can waste a whole month. Correct. And then we have to wait till the next month. So we waited till the next month and we did the IUI. They knew when I was ovulating, but there's only a 10% success rate. Right. And it didn't work. So I think that you're maybe a little misled. Um, you're thinking that because it didn't work, it had something to do with them not pinpointing the ovulation. That's not the case. It didn't work because there's a 90% chance working against us. Right. I don't know. Um, you understand? Yeah, I understand. But um, it's when it comes to 10%, it seems like 10% is such a small amount when they're actually turkey based in the sperm inside of you. You know? Um. Because you think that it's that simple. And when I'm trying to explain to you, like the fertility specialist explained to me, like my gynecologist explained to me, even before we were having issues, when I was getting pregnant, like back to back to back, my doctor said to me, like, you're very lucky. Like, this isn't necessarily par for the course this isn't normal uh-huh. you know like you are you like the odds are acting in your favor right a lot you know, usually people have to try like month after month after month and if a woman doesn't get pregnant after a year of trying meaning 12 deliberate attempts that's usually when they'll seek help right so for us to try to get pregnant for instance, with London and get pregnant the first time and then to try to get pregnant with Jackson and then get pregnant the first time and then, you know, try to get pregnant again. We got pregnant and then miscarried. Well, the first pregnant, the first pregnancy after Jackson was a chemical pregnancy that just didn't sustain itself. Then to get right. pregnant again, you know, the first time out the gate and it wind up in a miscarriage and then to get pregnant again and then have Brooklyn, you know, after all of these pregnancies, after two successful pregnancies with Madison and Logan, like it's just, we have been extremely lucky and I'm wondering if you appreciate how lucky we've been. Right. You know, it just, it seems like women pop up pregnant left, right and center. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's an easy thing. Um, But a lot of times pregnancies aren't, planned so how many times have they had sex before maybe during a time when they were ovulating and didn't wind up pregnant and it didn't mean anything to them because they weren't trying right do you understand what i'm saying Mm -hmm. when you're trying and it's not successful you notice it's like prominent in your life like Mm -hmm. it's a thing so i don't think that 
this whole scenario is as real for you. I don't think you realize how right. lucky we've been. Probably and not. The fact that we're trying right now mm-hmm. um, and it's not happening. I don't think that you really grasp that whole 10% idea. Right. So, I mean, probably not because like you said, it's been so easy. So what do you think the next step should be? Well, it's a 10% chance of success with intrauterine insemination, but with in vitro, there's a 50% chance of success. But their heads could come out bigger. So I don't believe that their heads will come out bigger, but there is a higher chance of multiples. So we can end up unsuccessful, Mm -hmm. worst case scenario. We can end up with one baby. We can end up with two babies. We can end up with three babies, depending on how many eggs we agree on having implanted. Mm -hmm. You know, like I know um, two couples personally that went through in vitro that wound up with triplets. Mm -hmm. The triplets, both of them are older now, but... Mm -hmm that's a, it's a possibility right you know um we may only decide to implant two so there's a chance that you know we wind up with twins right how do you feel about that i don't have i, I love kids i mean <laughs> so you'd be happy with twins. yeah I, the whole thing is just the, the amount of time you know i work so much that i want to spend more time with the kids mm-hmm. you know um but i love kids i would have 30 if i could okay wow that's <laughs> yeah that's that, that's a little extra but yeah yeah so i mean i would be happy with twins mm-hmm. as well um so we're on the same we're in the same boat when it comes to that but the question is do you want to let's say the neurologist says that everything is cool and i don't have anything to worry about it's not a genetic thing it's not a hereditary thing it's just a circumstantial thing right would you prefer to go another month of iui which, and I'm going to just, you know, we're, we're doing this to be informative. Um, well, partly to be informative. IUI is for us. And like we said last week, you know, our insurance doesn't cover this um, fertility mm-hmm. uh, treatment that we're going through. Um, so everything for us is out of pocket. So if some of you might have the same type of insurance that we do that doesn't cover, some cover completely, some cover partly, and some don't cover at all. Ours doesn't cover at all. So right. if some of you are in the same boat and you're thinking about it, we're going to give you you know, some roundabout prices so that you have an idea of what it costs. Um, IUI, that one cycle that we went through that failed this last month Mm -hmm. was roughly in the ballpark of $3,000. Correct. Okay. On the other hand, if we go through in vitro with a higher success rate, the process is just over $20,000. Correct. If you include all of the medication. So it's, I think maybe... 18,000, 18 and change without, you know, some of the medication Mm -hmm. and some other, like maybe some blood work or, you know, some other little miscellaneous things and just over maybe 20,000, 21, 22, something like that. Right. um, Including those things. So there is a significant difference in price Mm -hmm. and there's a significant difference in success. Correct. So that's one thing that we need to consider. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
the probability of pregnancy is the other thing that we have to consider aside from, you know, my health concerns with the anesthesia. So I think those are the three things that we need to think about. So with those three things um, put into consideration, what do you feel? I think we should try the $3,000 one again. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. You're just being cheap. Probably. (laughs) Probably. Yeah, I think the $3,000 one. <laughs> it's so funny how you put it. I should try the three thousand dollars What? <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. With um, it only with it having such a small chance of success, I kind of feel like um the saying that my parents used to say, like throwing good money after bad. In other words, we already spent that. Now we spent that, if we spend that again, then we're $6,000 in a hole, in the hole, if it doesn't work. Right. As opposed to spending a larger amount of money up front and having a higher rate of success. Mm-hmm. It may be more logical to go that route because it's five times more successful than the route that you're considering that's less expensive right that's true but i think um doing it one more time this way even though it's three thousand dollars and all that i think that makes more sense why um i think that you follow the doctor's orders and procedures but you also do the ovulation kit as well so you can try to guide yourself um i mean you know i don't feel comfortable necessarily with you going under if you don't have to Right. But if we do, then we waste a whole month and it's not, it just doesn't seem like it's um, the most promising prospect. I mean, we could talk about it more, you know, off the off here, but I I don't know. You know, whatever you want to do, I'm fine with. I think that the $3,000 one makes more sense. You sound so cheap. I don't know the name of these the procedures. I know in vitro. I don't remember. But, you know, I think that one makes more sense in the situation. But, you know, we can, you know, we can talk more and, and go see a doctor and, and, and find out more information about, especially, you know, you going under and if it's hereditary, if we should have concerns and all that other stuff, you know? Um, yeah. I just, I mean, the whole reason why we're going through fertility is because... We're impatient. Right. You know, um, the doctor said that if we just continue to try the way that we've been trying, uh-huh. eventually, more than likely, we'll wind up pregnant. Um, just as, you know, we've done in the past. We just, you know, time is an issue. You right. Know, we're, we want to have this baby, one of the reasons, so that Brookie has a playmate. Correct. And, you know, if six months go by, another year go by, mm-hmm. or whatever, then there's a bigger gap between this, hopefully, baby mm-hmm. and Brookie. So we just want to hurry up and make it happen. So I don't want to waste another month and another month. and another, Like we tried it. It didn't work. Now I feel like we should go for the gusto. Gotcha. And, you know, to be honest, I've never even heard of, you know, interuterine insemination before this. Mm-hmm. You know, most people, I was under the assumption that they just... Had in vitro. Right. I've never even heard of IUI until my gynecologist suggested it to me and referred me to a fertility specialist. You know, so uh, uh, I don't know. I, like I, I, 
the idea of wasting a month and going through all of it, then having to wait, you know, the weeks for the news and then for it to be disappointing and then to be like, all right, now let's go for in vitro. Cause then now you're closer to $30,000 in the hole. And then, you know, at that point, then you only have a 50% chance. Right. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's, it might be a waste is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, I think we should go talk to the doctor again and go from there, see what he suggests, especially about you going under and we sh- we can make our decision from there. I'm I'm open to either or. So, well, you're not going to be here because um you're going to be away, and tomorrow is day three, meaning uh, the first day of your period is day one, and all the other days, you know, in succession are day two, day three, day four, whatever. I'm supposed to go in on day three for blood work and an ultrasound regardless of whether we want IUI or IVF. Mm-hmm. So you won't be here. So I'm going to have to go in and um, I guess I'll have to talk to a doctor then mm-hmm. about it and then I'll relay whatever information and then we can make a decision then. Sounds good. All right. I'm with it. This week's podcast is brought to you by Kind Snacks. When it comes to packaging your kid's lunchbox in the morning, the struggle is real. You might not have time to cut fruit and star shapes, but you can still be a hero with Kind Kids Bars. Now, Kind Kids Bars have 25% less sugar than the leading granola bar and come in flavors kids love like chewy chocolate chip and chewy honey oat. All right, Now, to get 20% off your order of Kind Kids Bars, go to kindsnacks.com slash caseycrew and enter code Casey Crew at checkout. That's kindsnacks.com slash Casey Crew with Casey Crew at your checkout for a special offer. And this portion of the podcast is brought to you by TLC 90 Day Finance before the 90 days. Now, it's the 90 Day Countdown known around the world. TLC's hit show 90 Day Fiance is taking you on a journey from the very beginning in 90 Day fiance before the 90 days now follow along as seven international love stories unfold leading to the most unusual first dates you got to check it out it's hilarious now you get to see can the relationship survive and who will get down on one knee true love means going the distance literally how far will it go to find love don't miss tlc's 90 day fiance before the 90 days, Sundays at 9, oh, excuse me, Sundays at 8, 7 central. All right. Now, um, we were supposed to talk about uh, suicide and I was supposed to get in t- touch with the girl and try to actually get her on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't do that because it's three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so I want to have that conversation next week, if you don't mind. Um. And you definitely want to make her part of the conversation. Yeah, I think it is because I, I think having somebody who felt that way and me talking to them, I want to try one more time to get on the phone. I mean, I can't get on the phone at three in the morning. Mm-hmm. So like, I want to try one more time because her story is amazing. And before I tell her story, I would love for her to tell her own but story. But let me ask you this. Are you setting up like a phone line situation? I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to. I spoke to her about it and she was open to it. So it's just three o'clock in the morning. I didn't want to reach out to her at three o'clock in the morning, you know? Okay. You know? Okay. So we push that off. So let's go to an email of the week. There's two you emails. You want to go to an email because I have something else that I'd like to talk about. Oh, sure. All right. So the other day we were in the city. We had dinner and um, like we were running around the city. We had a really nice day and something came up and 
I thought that it was the most interesting conversation that I would have liked to just like put a hold on it the way that you do sometimes when we start a conversation and say, all right, just, you know, let's just hold it for the podcast mm-hmm. and just have the conversation live then so that it's fresh and, you know, we're not rehashing, you know, a conversation that we had prior. Um, but we kind of just like went with the conversation because it was good. It was interesting and I was enjoying it. Do you know what conversation I'm talking about? No, I don't. All right. So I'll talk as I'm talking to the people then. Um, One day I was online and I was searching for something. And um, while I was searching, some things were like popping up and I was going from like link to link to link. And I don't, don't, it was like an advertisement in a sense, but it caught my attention. And it was something that, you know, they threw something out there as bait. And then you click, you go, and they wait. They kind of make you wait to go all the way to the end so mm-hmm. that you're interested and then you want to buy, you know, the seminar. You want to buy the whatever it is right. about it. So the question was, let me, let me try to remember exactly how it went. The question was, um, what is it that you think that most men want in a relationship what do you think that it is that would be the one thing the most important thing the most significant thing that makes a man fall in love and what caught my attention about that is that I had just read a dm where it was a very long detailed dm where a woman was asking my opinion of the same question Mm-hmm. It was, you know, she's in a relationship and her man doesn't necessarily want to commit. And first she dropped hints and then it got to a point where she was just down and outright asking. It got to a point where she was begging, in a sense, for the ring, begging for a proposal, begging for a commitment, begging for a future right. with the person that she's with. And she wanted to know what I thought is the one thing for that would cause a man to fall deeply in love. And after I read them, like, wow, you know, I really have to think about that. And if I have an answer, how would I articulate it? And then not too long after I saw this thing online. So I click and it was the way that they presented it It was so compelling it was like you know the deep voice and you know what do you think and you know we have the answer and blah 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 so it takes you through this long thing where it was just it was really just like um kind of like meant for suckers almost like you know like Mm -hmm. i'm sitting there and i'm clicking and i'm listening and i'm like i don't know 15 20 minutes invested in like this like cat and mouse game where it's just like all these implications and whatnot. And basically, when you got to the end, they just gave you a taste. And um, the taste was that they believe that all men, and they did say all men, have a hidden desire to be needed. That men it's imperative that they are with a woman or if they find a woman that needs them, that that's the woman that captures their hearts and that they will want to be with forever. A woman that in a sense strokes their ego, but through the sense of 
them needing them. What do you think about that? I think that's true. Explain. I think I think men. You think all men, or do you think I can some only speak, men? I, th- I can only speak for myself, so I would say some men. I think some men want a woman that is a little needy, meaning, um, needy. I, that just doesn't even sound good. For instance, um, let's say in this in this relationship, you change the light bulbs, you take the trash out, you make the money, you do everything that a quote unquote man is supposed to do. I think it would make me feel away. Like there's men that there's men things that men do. And and I know in the society nowadays it's oh everything is equal rights and I, I get it and that is true in certain aspects. But I'm a man. I want to take out the trash. You know, I'm a man. If there's something broke, I want to fix the broke thing. I'm a man. If I hear a noise at night, I don't want to wake you up and be like, Hey, I heard a noise downstairs. You wanna go check it? <laughs> like there's certain things that as a man I want to handle in a relationship. You know, um, that's how I feel. So is that a a, a, a little bit of being needed? Yes. I, I like the fact that, you know, if you have to go on your phone or something's not working on your phone, you call me and ask me. I like the fact that if uh, electronics is not working around the house, the TV can't come on, a DVR is not working or the vacuum is messed up. I love the fact that you call me because Yes, it makes me feel a little needy. Like, oh, yeah, she needs me to fix this. Yes, it, it, it makes me feel wanted, makes me feel better. That's absolutely positively true. I think any man that sits there and says that's not true is a, is a damn liar. I mean, you, you want to feel like your spouse needs you and vice versa. You know, you know, when there's certain things that that happens with me, I'm sure you want to feel like you need it. Like if I'm going through problems or. I need a friend to talk to. I call you and I'm sure that makes you feel like, yeah, my baby needs me. You know, so, yeah, I, I definitely, definitely feel like a woman who needs a man makes the man more attracted or make the man want to stay longer because it feels like, yeah, she needs me. I, I, I agree with that. Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> the impression that I got from the little bit that I saw and like I said, they just gave a taste and then they wanted you to pay for the elaborate version of what they were suggesting, which I didn't do. So um, it kind of leaves the rest up for discussion. Right. Um, I kind of got the impression, though, from the little bit that I heard that they were suggesting that men want women that are somewhat incapacitated in certain ways and submissive in others, which would kind of give the man a sense of like, I couldn't do that without you, daddy. Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, um, like needed in that way, not necessarily needed just to change a light bulb. I mean, that's a slave, but I don't think any man wants a slave. No, per se. not necessarily. No, no. A slave is someone that does something for you. Not necessarily a slave, but a woman that is somewhat less, of a woman, some like a woman that can't necessarily make decisions for themselves without calling her man or can't do certain things for herself without calling her man. So let me ask you this. Okay. And we touched on this, but we didn't really um, get the opportunity to finish the conversation. So I'm going to ask you now, let's say you were single Uh and you were dating Mm -hmm. and let's say that there's two women that are 
equally as attractive. Okay. One no more attractive than the other. Mm -hmm. And one of them is a working girl. She makes what we would consider, say, a normal income. Right. Um, and she's living a normal lifestyle. Um, but she works every week and, you know, kind of in a check-to-check fashion, mm-hmm. in a sense. And then the other girl is extremely successful. Right. And can do for herself pretty much what you can do for her. Correct. And she doesn't need you financially. She doesn't need you in ways comparable to financially. Pretty much all that she needs you for is companionship, good conversation, and to be a good lover. Right. Um, so she's more of your equal. Mm-hmm. Just based on that information, which girl would you be more willing to want to settle down with? Um, I mean, that's a tough one. Um, because of course you, you want a girl that's independent and working hard and making her own money and making her own stride. So that is very attractive. But what's also attractive is, uh, somebody who, who needs you a little bit, who, you know, doesn't, make as much as you do and doesn't work <laughs> as hard as you do. So that's attractive too, because I mean, truthfully it's like you're taking care of somebody um, and not taking care of like, that's your kid. Like you got to take care of this little chick because she's broke. Not like okay. that. I'm talking about, you know, I, for instance, in this relationship, you know, um, I bring the majority of the money in, right? Mm-hmm. Not to say that you need me, but, you lean on me for things at times. So for instance, if, you know, and this is on both sides. If you want to go buy something, we have a conversation before you buy it. Mm-hmm. That feels good to me. When I buy something, we have a conversation before I buy it. That feels like a relationship. If you did your own shit and made your own money and you just come home with a brand new car and be like, babe, this is my new car. And I go felt, check it out. And I felt like, yeah, go check it out. And I felt like there was no conversation before that. That would make me feel away. Like that would make me feel, even though that's your right and that's your desire, that's your money, you worked hard for it, you got your own accounts. I would feel a little funny. I like more of the, babe, I want, I'm, I'm thinking about getting a car. Uh, let's go look at it together. And then, you know, or, or even me saying, hey, babe, I'm thinking about getting a car. Let's go look at it together. Opposed to you just coming home with a brand new car, brand new bag, brand new watch. Like, what's up? I don't, I don't, I, even though I think people are supposed to like that. Oh, my wife or my girl is independent. She get her own money. She does her own shit. By That's cool. But I want to be part of that conversation. I want to be part of that deliberation. If I should or shouldn't get this or where it's going, you know? So for me, the other one would be more comfortable. Hmm. So you don't, Love the idea of hyper-independence. Correct. So you like independence, but not hyper-independence. Right. Um, but now how does that relate to being needed? Because coming home and having a conversation before a big decision is made, that's like consideration almost. That is consideration. Right? 
but that doesn't necessarily relate to the topic of being needed. It's a little needy. It's a, it's a little being needed because, you know, in all actuality, that person can't make that purchase without talking to the spouse. So that's a little you need to talk to the spouse. You we you need my consent. Uh, consent. Right. My approval. Exactly. My okay. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and get that car boo boo. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And not to say that it's a it's a it's a one way street, it's a two way street because if I wanted to buy something or the man wanted to, it's the same thing. I can't just come on with something and you're like, What the fuck is that? No, it has to be consent. Yeah, you don't buy a pair of jeans without calling me first. Correct. But it's still a little feeling like I had to give consent. You know what I mean? It's it's a still a feeling of she needs me. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to I wouldn't want to be in a situation where I felt like my partner didn't need me. OK, so let me be clear with my thoughts about that. Uh huh. That seems more of um, part of the relationship culture, like we're considerate of one another and we have a respect for one another. Right. True. Like. um like a predetermined idea of how the relationship will run. Right. To make both parties happy. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. Needing somebody is something that comes more organically. Mm-hmm. It's not a decision. It's not deliberate. Right. It is something that comes naturally mm-hmm. that if a woman does need a man or feels needy, that the man picks up on and... If this thing that I watch, what they were proposing is true, that he likes. Correct. Okay. Um, and the reason is because it gives him a bigger ego. Right. It strokes his ego and it makes him feel more inflated. It makes him feel like more of a man. Correct. So how do you feel about ego when it comes to the success of a relationship between a man and a woman? What do you mean, ego as far as being needy? Well, being needed is part of his ego being stroked. So how do you feel about ego altogether? How important do you think that it is to stroke a man's ego? Do you think that a woman should stroke a man's ego even if it's contrived? In other words, do you think that... Because what I got from this um, thing that I saw was that they almost felt as though a woman who dumbed herself down would be more successful in a relationship than a woman that was like we just described as hyper independent. I think that if, if, and this is going to sound crazy, but I think if a woman wants a man and wants to keep a man, I think she has to stroke his ego. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I can sit here and lie and be like, no, no men don't care. No. Yes, they do. Like to stroke a man's ego is everything. And I think that's how women catch men like you so you think that there's truth to this thing that absolutely okay explain yeah i think i think if a woman strokes a man's ego and and feels makes a man feel needed and makes a man feel like you know you you know quote unquote i can't go on without you i think that will make a man fall deeply in love and be in a a predicament because i think men get off by feeling like the big daddy syndrome like i'm big daddy and you got to come to me i think most men feel that way and I think that's how I'm big daddy and you have to come to me for everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I think men feel. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Go ahead. I think early in our relationship, I think part of us being together was the fact that 
I felt that you needed me. Like, how did you feel that I needed you? Well, think about it. You know, oh, this is good. What do you what What do you mean? You know, early on, I never felt like I was need. Okay, wait, go ahead. Not not that you felt it, but you know, you think about it. You know, we had a uh, we bought our first house. We lived far from everybody in Jersey. You know, you had no friends over, right? Mm-hmm. Your family was uh, what an hour and forty five minutes away. Hour and forty five minutes away from Queens. How how far was that from Queens? Hour thirty. Like an hour and 15 minutes. Hour and 15 minutes away. So it was like. I was on an island all by myself. And you needed me. Like when I got home, it was me and you. You know, you almost had to wait till I got home because it was nothing out in West Milford but trees and deers and bears. (laughs) So it was like you Uh you needed me. You needed me to conversation. One one pizzeria. One pizzeria, one everything. So, you know, back then it it was like. It was a, a feeling of needing me like you didn't you didn't have any friends it, everything was built well, I had friends they just weren't nearby but everything was built on our relationship and everything was built around me it was built around my career it, it was, was Rashawn centric it was mm-hmm. it was and it built it, it gave me an ego it gave me a feeling of she needs me oh I, I she be I, she needs me like not that I did that but that was the feeling you know and I think most men like that feeling that a woman would need them for things, you know, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's just shit around the house. I think men get off on a woman needing them. Not to say that it's right, but I think that's, you know, if a woman is looking like, how can I have my, but for, for different men, it's a different thing. Some men want an independent women that do things on their own. I don't. You don't. I don't want a, a fully independent woman that has their own situation and can do their own thing. I like joint. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like you doing your own shit and I do my own shit and then we come together in the middle. I don't like that. Like, that doesn't make me happy. What makes me happy is being able to have a conversation with my spouse or my girl about what's going on, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, whether it's just, hey, babe, I'm thinking about buying a new couch. Like, I like having those decisions and having those conversations. Now I can say, babe, get whatever couch you want. I I don't need to see it. That's fine. But at least you consented to that. Exactly. I don't want to just come home and the whole fucking living room is different. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And you'd be like, oh, I just bought a new living room furniture. Even though that's people do that in relationships. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. And that's just not me. So would it be fair to say that you don't like a woman that is too strong strong has nothing to do with it. i would say too independent strong is is sexy strong is somebody that you know takes care of home and and does what they have to do i mean too independent where you're on your own independently strong is not strong is sexy like mm-hmm. you want a strong woman when i mean independent i mean do you, it you do it on your you own you're not and, needed and don't need me for anything i don't like that strong is fine there's nothing wrong with strong so do you think that the impression that i got that a woman needs to let's say she is independent Mm -hmm. okay let's put it this way let's say she is thoroughly independent she can have the same car you have that's fine whatnot do you think that she has a chance of being more successful in having a man fall deeply in love with her and wanting to commit to her if she dumps her independence down 
a little bit? I wouldn't say dumb your independence down. It's just a matter of opening up your independence. I mean, an independent woman is sexy, but it's if you're so independent that you're on your own and don't need me, your boyfriend or your spouse or fiance for nothing. Yeah, it would make me feel a little way. I'm just saying open that independence up where we're equal in a relationship and we both make decisions based on our relationship. Hmm. Okay. Okay. You know, cause um, I was watching something on television not too long ago um, and not to bore you with details, but the girl was, you know, everything that she said was like, I want a 50, 50 relationship. I want everything 50, 50, 50, 50, right. you know, 50, 50. And I remember thinking to myself, yeah, you know, I'm all about, equality but to be honest like i don't want a 50 50 relationship what do you mean i don't want to take on what i look at as manly roles in the relationship like i don't want to look at the relationship like well we're both capable of doing that so we both should have an equal shot at it like when we walk into a building I don't want it 50-50 where I open the door for you sometimes. Right. I don't want to do that. Unless I just happen to be, you know, going first and I push the door open and whatnot. But I don't want to be chivalrous of you. Right. Because I feel that that's something that men do for women. You know, I think that there are things that women do and there are things that men do. I'm not saying that that these are exclusive things that, you know, women can't share in some of those roles and men can't share in some of those roles. Like, of course, it's nice if sometimes I come home and you made something to eat or, you know, sometimes if you have to leave early and I mean, you did give this example, but sometimes you leave early and I may have to take out the trash or something like that. So I'm not saying that these things are exclusive, but I love a chivalrous man. Right. So I don't want to open the door for you. I don't want to say, well, I'm capable, so I'll mow the lawn. Or, you know, yeah, I'm capable, so I'm going to change these light bulbs. I don't want to do those things. I want to be like, babe, the light bulb in the bathroom is out. When On your way home, pick up some bulbs. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I don't want it 50-50 in that sense where we're both human, we're both able-bodied, so we can both perform the same tasks. Mm-hmm. I don't want that type of 50-50. 50-50 emotionally, 50-50 with love and consideration and thoughtfulness, things of that nature, yes, of course. But yeah, I kind of, um, I like when... A man makes me feel like a woman. And as a woman, I like to make you feel like a man. Right. You know, um, but I just thought it was interesting as far as, you know, and I, t- I actually took it as dumbing yourself down. Like, you know, to make a man feel needed. And uh, I don't know. I definitely think that there's some truth to it. And I do think that. And not, I'm not suggesting this at all, but I do believe that if women manipulated their behavior a little bit, um, that, and it's sad in a sense, because, you know, you never want manipulation to be a part of a relationship. But I do think based on what I heard and based on our conversation, and just based on my own personal thoughts, I do think that if women 
went out of their way to stroke a man's ego and make him feel needed, even if he's not as needed as they're proposing. Mm -hmm. I do think that that is a way to make a man maybe fall more deeply in love with a woman. I agree. I do believe that. No, I agree. I agree as well. Not that I'm suggesting it. I just believe that. Absolutely. All right. I agree that as well. All right. So let's move on to an email. Well, no, we actually got to get up out of here. It's over an hour. So we got to get up and go. I got to get to work. (laughs) So no email this week? No email this week. Uh Uh-uh. All right. So we'll talk about what... um, what you suggested on the next podcast. Yeah, we'll see if I can get the girl on. We'll talk about, you know, how people feel and depressed and an email suicide them. and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because right. you know me, I'll talk forever. I, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right, and let me just tell people out there, um, if you live in the Jersey, New York City area, I, I, if you follow me on Instagram, you see that I've been doing a lot of, of house flipping and again, I've been going through houses and, and looking for for just the perfect house and trying to create wealth through real estate and have some properties and have something that we could pass on to our kids. So uh, we are actually doing a class in Jersey about, you know, flip, we call it in flipping New Jersey where we're teaching how to purchase and find homes and flip homes and what a hard money lender is and real estate agents and all that. And if you want more information about that, you can hit up eventbrite.com. Just search DJ Envy. That will pop up. And of course, the car show, which is November 3rd. So two big events we're doing in Jersey in the next couple of months. And we want you guys to be a part of one is the car show. It's going to be amazing. Uh, shout to Cardi B. Cardi B just said that she will be giving her cars as well. So Cardi B's cars will be in the car show. And I look forward to seeing you guys. All right. So it's time to get up out of here. I'm DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And that's another edition of the Casey Crew. Toodles. Thanks again to Kind Snacks for supporting this week's episode of the Casey Crew. Now, Kind Kids Bars have 25% less sugar than the leading kids granola bars and come in flavors that the kids love, like chewy chocolate chip and chewy honey oat. Now, that's a lunchbox win. All right, now to get 20% off your order of Kind Kids Bars, go to kindsnacks.com slash Crew and enter code Crew at checkout again. That's kindsnacks.com slash Crew with the code Crew at checkout for this special offer. Now, they send a lot of these to the house and London and Jackson love it. So try it out for your kids. Again, that's kindsnacks.com slash Crew.